What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location, featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. Thanks for joining us for more of Grassroots Marketing here on CannabisRadio.com. Right now, I'm joined by the group at North Coast Testing Labs. I'm joined by the head of consumer relations, Joe Moorhead, and lead counsel, Adam Scavone. Adam and Joe, thanks for joining us here on Cannabis Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. Cannabis Dispensary Mag, they reported that now at a time when public health is in the limelight, your team at North Coast Testing Laboratory, which is based in Streetsboro, Ohio, is advocating for more stringent microbial testing requirements from states to prevent people from getting sick from harmful yeast and mold on marijuana products. Now, your group analyzes and quantifies 11 cannabinoids using a Shimatsu HPLC UV. Well, that's a, that's a lot of letters. For potency testing of hemp biomass, including flowers and all varieties of concentrates and infused products. So this is above my pay grade. I am no scientist. Help me wrap around this method that you're doing. Yes, yeah, so uh, we we do test for uh, for the complete range of uh, required tests in Ohio. Uh, the HPLC that you mentioned is for potency testing. Uh, what we've really focused on in the last month as this uh, this epidemic, this pandemic has uh, taken hold, is uh, we really uh, looked to see what we could do in terms of protecting, especially respiratory health, and uh, that's where the yeast and mold come in. Uh, there's a couple of different ways to test for yeast and molds. Uh, one is the total yeast and mold count, which is uh, the regulatory requirement in Ohio right now, where we take samples of marijuana and we uh, basically liquefy them. We homogenize and liquefy them and then spread them onto uh, uh, plates uh, to see what grows, what yeast and fungi grow on those plates. Now, this is a general test. It doesn't specify which microbes are growing. There's another test, the qPCR test, 
PCR is polymerase chain reaction, and it's the basis of all modern DNA and RNA testing. It's actually being used. It is the way to test, the, the only way I know of uh, to test whether somebody has a, a live, active uh, uh, coronavirus infection right now. Uh, but it's also good for detecting uh, pathogenic organisms in a sample of marijuana. And uh, what we're pushing for is for Ohio to uh, join the other states that are requiring testing for specific pathogenic microbes, microbes that can cause respiratory harm. Uh, we really started to look down when this uh, when this this pandemic uh, started to emerge. The end of, it really hit the radar end of February, early March. Um, and it became clear that uh, the hospitals might be overwhelmed. Look to see what else we might be able to do in preventing respiratory harm from aspergillus in particular. It's a fungi that is known to contaminate marijuana. Uh, 2017 study found it in a number of dispensaries in California. California now requires uh, targeted testing uh, for aspergillus, and the vast majority of that is done using qPCR technology. Uh, we'd like to see that implemented just as a matter of public health and safety and patient health and safety in Ohio. We really need to be looking for these. Uh, there's four very specific stra uh, strains, species of uh, aspergillus, and uh, we want the state to start uh, looking closely for those. Now, one of the methods I have heard about when it comes to yeast and mold uh, counts has also been through radio frequency. And there's actually a company we've talked to here on Blunt Business that actually just got the patent to go and do that. So there's obviously different methods that goes on for uh, microbial reduction. Um, now, is this just something more important? Because as we were recording this during this coronavirus pandemic, COVID-19, is it just a matter of just to make sure that, you know, the flowers that, that are people are able to go ahead and ingest just trying to be able to get any kind of toxins or any kind of impurities out of the process. Is it just more of a, more of a just continued, um, another phase of continued compliance or just more that we need more testing. We need much more to be more concerned to extra precautionary measures, if you will. So this is Joe Moorhead talking now, Dora, the, the qPCR is a DNA analysis, so we're looking specifically for these harmful microbes that grow in marijuana, uh, including salmonella, E. coli, uh, aspergillus, which is a type of yeast and mold. People typically know aspergillus because of black mold. Um, black mold is a type of aspergillus. Now, with the pandemic that we're going through right now with uh, the coronavirus, if we have these immunocompromised patients using medical marijuana currently, if we put them at more risk by not looking for these other pathogens, and that's that's including cor the coronavirus, but specifically if we're not looking for aspergillus, we're not putting them in even more harm's way. So with the plate counting method that we currently are, have to use, we can't tell what's growing on the plate is pathogenic, if it is harmful or not. There's a lot more beneficial yeasts and molds that are uh, environmentally around us constantly that are non-harmful, they're not pathogenic. They are good for immunocompromised people, they're good for everyone, and humans in general. We need them to survive. Um, our frustration lies in the fact that we are not utilizing a technology to keep the patients of not just Ohio, but around the country safe from these harmful pathogens that have been known to grow on marijuana samples. And if we don't, and again, we went through six months of validating this method uh, through three different manufacturers and concluded that one was definitive, that it actually uh, 
it, it was able to de 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 uh, detect uh, these pathogens 100% of the time so that it was definitive in knowing that, hey, this is reading properly, we've, we've validated it, and we know this will absolutely keep patients safe if we're able to utilize this technology. Unfortunately, because of the way the law and regulations are written in Ohio, we have to do plate counting, which is really only putting people at more harm's way. I want to bring that up about uh, Ohio's matter of fact. Let's talk about that, Joe. So right now, your sure. company, your, your group is conducting cannabis microbial contamination tests for yeast and mold levels using two different methods. But the one mandated in Ohio, as well as in most states around the country, your argument is inferior. And I have heard that argument, and I understand where you're coming from. Now, in the face of a growing public health crisis, both the testing method and regulations need an overhaul. Joe, you actually said, quote, the frustration lies in, are we putting patients at risk now using this technology? We need to be able to use, utilize this technology that's now available so we can really know the products are going out are safe. And that's where I come from with the original question. This is not the first time I heard about it. So what is it that's missing mm -hmm. in this particular method that originally is in your home state of Ohio and in other states? So we've seen states out west, Adam had mentioned California. California has completely adopted the qPCR method, which is the DNA screening for these harmful microbes. It's now required. You're not allowed to do plate counting. But it wasn't. All, it, wasn't it was just recently they did that, correct? Correct, yeah. It's a, it, these are newly adopted, and you, you'll, you're seeing this around the country. Michigan has uh, adopted some qPCR methods, uh, I believe Colorado, um, and other states are really starting to fall in line because – Again, this is a Nobel Prize-winning technology. This is uh, this is a technology that is definitive and really the only way to truly tell without doing what's called speciation, but truly tell what these pathogens are, if these are harmful pathogens or if these are beneficial. And um, right now, and again, to answer your question about Ohio, Ohio's rules specify that we have to use plate counting, which, again, it doesn't give us any definitive um, answer into whether or not what's growing on the plate is this harmful or is this beneficial. And I'll give you just a quick analogy of what we did with, through our validation process. We went out to supermarkets around the, uh, around the state and we took organic vegetables off the shelves. Now, these are vegetables that doctors tell immunocompromised patients, go out, buy these vegetables, juice them, drink them, and they're going to help make you healthier. We did that. We took these vegetables, we plated them. Not one of them passes Ohio's uh, requirements for a plate counting. So they all failed miserably with high levels of yeast wow. and molds, different different types of bacterias. But these, again, are very beneficial bacteria. These are, benef these are bacteria that we need. So if we're, if we're putting marijuana to the standard and saying, okay, it can't have over 10,000 colonies of yeast and mold, but we really don't know what those yeast and molds are, we're really... We're almost putting people in harm's way by saying we're eliminating even more beneficial yeast and mold, and we really don't know if they're harmful. We have no idea if they're pathogenic and if they could hurt you. So without utilizing the qPCR method, we're, we're really shooting in the dark. We don't know. Jorge, let me add to that. Uh, uh, just to clarify, first of all, uh, th these yeast and molds, uh, a lot of them are beneficial when consumed uh, in ways that are non-inhalational. I think uh, at best any inhalational routes – of administration and the route of administration matters. The inhalation, uh, I would say, uh, the best we can say of any of them is they're benign, right? Um, uh, you know, like ingested on foods, uh, many of them are uh, good for the gut microbiome and beneficial in that sense. Uh, but uh, inhalationally speaking, they are 
uh, benign. But Joe was leading on to another important point at the end there. In Ohio, the limit and the limit stated in the American Herbal Products Association 2014 cannabis inflorescence monograph, which has been adopted by many states uh, as kind of the regulatory standard, is uh, a 10,000 colony forming unit uh, per gram count of yeasts and molds as a as the pass fail limit. So you can have 9,999 uh, yeast and mold colony forming units on a plate. But if those are all black mold, if they're all aspergillus and pathogenic, that's a serious, serious problem. What Michigan has done and uh, really led the way on this uh, uh, is to add that to the uh, total yeast and mold count. Uh, California did not do a yeast and mold count. And let's remember, California just started uh, laboratory testing requirements in the last couple of years. Um, so they're new at this, but uh, they, they declined to adopt the total yeast and mold count standard and uh, went specifically for the pathogenic organisms that cause respiratory harm and also the ones that cause, uh, you know, gastrointestinal, gastrointestinal distress like salmonella and other things like that. Uh, but, uh, but this is targeted DNA-based testing. They, we, we basically screen the cannabis and then run the results against a library of known DNA. And the benefit of qPCR is that it's very, very sensitive. If it's in there, it'll get picked up and it'll flag it and we will fail it if there's one colony forming unit or if there's 9,999 or 99,000. com put a very comprehensive uh, report on the cannabis regulators responding through coronavirus concerns in Ohio itself. Uh, Ohio Department of Com- Commerce actually told Cannabis Wire on March 17th that if this right now, they are not regulating um, how they regulate it has not been directly impacted in terms of regulation and operation of cannabis businesses. The Department of Health Director, uh, no, they've mentioned that, and the part of the medical, medical marijuana program, which has only been instituted since 2016. So I can understand where some of this is a little bit backtracked. I know they use metric. There's the compliance is in place, but to get the further compliance that you're talking about in terms of this, there have been, uh, like I said, there have been a number of people I've had talked to in different methods that have done better work of getting yeast and mold count dropped or eliminated as much as possible for any impurities. But at the moment, you know, there's still things where um, there's obviously right now, Ohio is allowing cannabis dispensaries to be essential businesses. I don't know how that works for the rest of the supply chain. So uh, talk to me about any issues that you have in terms of trying to keep compliance up and any obstacles you're having right now to, as one of the major testing labs in the state, being able to go and work with these other companies and trying to keep things moving uh, smoothly. Sure. So we, so currently, you know, the state has put out guidance on how they want us to operate. You know, it's keeping the distance, checking temperatures as people enter in the facility, making sure people are using PPE protocols like gloves and face masks. Right. Um, and what we've done, we've taken it a step further. We've eliminated Anyone who's not essential to the ap- actual operating of the uh, instruments, uh, they're currently working from home. Um, and, and really, a lot of the cultivators and processors are running skeleton crews as well. Uh, dispensaries, we've heard, have implemented a lot of these same protocols that the state has uh, put out guidance for and said it is now going to be required uh, to remain operational. And so we're really taking the extra precautions. We got uh, tons of hand sanitizers. You know, we're implemented uh, tons of w- different types of washing um, stations and the protocols on keeping uh, 
cleanly cleanliness uh, in the uh, facility even more so than we previously did but um our facility is uh, extremely clean it's a state-of-the-art laboratory it's all hepa filtered and positive pressured so we have uh, little chance of uptick of debris or cross-contamination of um, our people to samples or samples to our people so um, we followed the guidelines and we've implemented even uh, further procedures after that and from what we're hearing around Ohio, other in, other parts of the industry, including dispensaries, processors, and cultivators, they're all working in the same type of capacity and really uh, making very strict guidelines on themselves, even further than what the state's implemented. I'm also amazed that there are certain uh, CBD or cannabis-related companies that are now producing, changing their factors around to go ahead and produce hand sanitizer, whether it is, or I've even seen <laughs> it now, where there's now CBD and CBG-infused hand sanitizer available for market, which is really amazing. Now, when it comes to hemp, yeah. let me go and uh, transition to that. When it comes to hemp testing, this is interesting, guidelines tend to be even looser as federal regulations simply require pre-harvest cannabinoid potency testing. Now, talk to me what you've been doing uh, to help benefit, which would benefit the testing process for everyone on the hemp side. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So this has been uh, we've this has been a great opportunity uh, when the the hemp rules really started to the hemp the the, the national hemp program really started to take shape last year. Uh, the Ohio Department of Agriculture we we got in touch with them and uh, invited them to our lab to have a discussion about uh, 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 what testing we were doing on the marijuana side and uh, what uh, any re hemp regulator uh, should be on the lookout for, some things that they might want to watch out for, some potential pitfalls, and uh, the contamination hazards uh, that, uh, that, uh, that are not all that different uh, between uh, hemp and marijuana. And uh, that led to a very fruitful discussion with the Department of Agriculture. They, uh, took, uh, they, they took some of our feedback under, uh, under advisement, and uh, uh, so... Uh, if you take a look, uh, Ohio has recently uh, published uh, for the regulations for hemp are final, and uh, the the testing uh, uh, requirements uh, very much mirror the uh, medical marijuana requirements. They kind of adopted uh, the rules, the medical marijuana testing rules, wholesale. And for 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 CBD and hemp products. Uh, that makes a ton of sense, right? Uh, these are still products that are going to consumers uh, that are still being ingested. They're consumable products, and they pose similar uh, risks if they are contaminated. Uh, so it's been uh, great to see them uh, adopt that stand, and uh, we're uh, we're very excited to. Uh, we have uh, we've uh, turned that we we did succeed in uh, winning a couple of bids with the. Uh, uh, to do testing on behalf of the Department of Agriculture, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, kicking that off. And Jorge, just to clarify, I, uh, we do all our hemp testing. We have a sister company, uh, North Coast Analytical Laboratories, which does all of our hemp testing, and uh, and it's North Coast Analytical that uh, is looking forward to doing uh, a, a, a great deal of testing with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. Right, and I noticed that you actually had both websites that were both uh, kind of similar, northcoastanalytical.com, North Coast testinglabs.com. I see you have both websites for that. So I want to go ahead, Joe, and ask about both you and Adam about what we kind of glossed over a little bit just before uh, when it comes to aspergillus. You brought that. It was kind of just a key word that I heard right there because right now 
you're advocating for all, all cannabis companies to test products for harmful pathogens, especially aspergillus. Why? It's because it has the possibility of causing fever, chills, a cough, with blood and shortness of breath, which, you know, some of those symptoms are not too far from what people that are COVID-19 patients are suffering from. The mold grows on cannabis buds, and its presence has been proven to cause severe illness to cannabis users. And Adam, you said, quote, we just started looking at how we could reduce sending people to the hospital. One of the clear things we could stop in particular is aspergillus poisoning. You said it's a real low-hanging fruit on the testing tree. So, Talk to me. Is there any kind of uh, correlation you would think that that's why this importance uh, to aspergillus poisoning as uh, relates to COVID-19? Is there more of an urgency to work on that? Yeah, if you yeah, so I mean, uh, if you if you look back uh, at history or a uh, you know, like at the 1918 influenza pandemic, uh, this thing it was a, it rolled in in a few distinct waves over the course of a year and a half. And uh, and and we have to face the same danger of the hospital system getting overrun. And the last thing we need to do, the last thing anybody needs. And we take uh, patient safety. Uh, that's our uh, the only reason for our existence, quite frankly, is uh, protecting the safety of patients uh, who depend on the medical marijuana system. Uh, but uh, that need has become uh, so much more sharpened and acute. And let's be clear: there's the aspergillus isn't uh, isn't everywhere. It's it's a it's a rare occurrence. Uh, the uh, state of Vermont regulators uh, had a report uh, recently, and they mentioned how uh, infrequent these are. But it's also a catastrophic event for the individual patient who uh, who unfortunately gets a. Uh, a contaminated uh, product off the store shelves. And we need to be, uh, from our position as uh, uh, kind of guardians of public health, uh, we really think uh, that needs to be screened for. And the current situation has just sharpened the focus so much on uh, respiratory issues and our need to screen for them. And, uh, you know, uh, and uh, again, this like focus, this focus is uh, distinctly on, uh, on inhalation products flour uh that people vaporize in ohio uh because uh, smoking is not permitted and uh and uh uh solventless extracts uh in particular uh these things get uh, destroyed in in uh, the processing uh in extraction in solvent based extraction the heat and pressure uh, uh pressure in particular uh destroys them uh, but uh but we need to be screening them uh for for patients who are especially in these inhalation products and Good. one other point, let me just uh, add that we don't have a legal basis to uh, fail anybody. Even if we were to start doing this of our own volition, uh, we can't fail anybody in Ohio because the regulations don't permit a failure uh, on the basis of the presence of one colony forming unit of aspergillus. So we don't have a leg to stand on, even if we uh, and we and, you know, we we would we would have no qualms about uh, failing uh, products for aspergillus that that shouldn't be on store shelves, uh, but w- again, we need the legal basis to do it. Bottom line is is that everybody across the board, there are going to be things in terms of sanita- sanitary purposes for health purposes. There's going to be a lot more. Again, stringent is the word. The real thing is that we're going to see much more. Com- I mean, compliance. I think is going to be a much bigger subject coming up for cannabis uh, for for the industry itself. I think a lot of people are going to be really putting that 
point of mind right now, that's going to be a major focus. After this pandemic subsides, I think that's really what's going to be very important. Again, uh, with North, North Coast Testing Labs, the head of customer relations, Joe Moorhead, lead counsel, Adam Scavone, I thank you both for being on the show with us, me today, and thanks for offering all this great information. Thank Thanks you so much for having us. Sorry. So stay tuned. More grassroots marketing after this quick break. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.